Hi, this is Claude B. And this is Bird. And together we are... Two Bees Pod. And we're just a couple of old bees talking about life, love, surviving, and thriving through the everyday trials of adulting as older millennials. We definitely don't have it all figured out, but we're doing it anyway. Say bootylicious. Oh, because because Beyonce. Because it's it's the Queen's birthday today. Bay day. Yeah, that's what they say. B day. That's what I hear. It's B day. It's B day. But isn't it Bay day? Oh, but her album is B day. No, it's. But don't B-day. they call it Bay day, or is it just always Bay day because she's Beyonce? It's B day. Like birthday. Like B. Oh, like Beyonce. Yeah. But I've heard people say Bay Day. Like Bay Day. Is that B-A-E? No. It's not a thing at all? Bay is a thing. Beyonce? This is already, this is, how many seconds, minutes in is this that we're just going off on nonsense? How are you doing today? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm sick. Mm. Uh, freaking again. It's get, been a while, I guess. Get me, let me use your cup. What? <laughs> I want to get sick. Why? So I can stay home. Oh, it's not fun. So I'm sick. So yeah, I'm drinking tea. I may cough. It's all going to be very cute over here. Yeah, you already cough in general sometimes. When you clear your throat. You go... <coughs> no? I don't know. It's yes. not a judgment on your part. <laughs> let's, oh my let's phone a friend and call and your then. husband. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know, I already got distracted. I'm sick. It sucks. Um, hopefully getting over it. But I'm sitting here sweating, so. Yep. I gave her tea. Oh, I'm like, is it not obvious? <laughs> yep, sure is. Oh. <laughs> no, can't yeah. tell you're sweating. Um, I'm sick, and then I'm like bummed because the days are getting shorter, and it freaking sucks. What was that face? I'm, you don't want me to bum you out? I'm, no, I'm empathizing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I drove over here and it was like seven-ish. Yeah, it felt like nine. And it was already darkening. Mm. And it bums me out. Yeah. I really I really feel like, I mean, I don't want to like... Bum anyone out? No, not bum anyone <laughs> out. But I don't want to like self-diagnose or like make less of other people's issues. But I low-key feel like... I maybe have seasonal affect disorder or something like that, like Isn't seasonal it? depression. I always get bummed out, like yeah. when it's like I love summer, I love longer days, and then this makes me feel like sad and nostalgic, and it bums me out. Oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah, man. So that's where I'm at. Are you excited for it to cool the heck down? Like I sort of like the weather being a little cooler but did you notice it was a little cooler today mm-hmm, yeah yeah but i hate the um 
hate the short, Didn't, shorter days. Wasn't there like something on the ballot or something that they were going to get rid of daylight savings? I fucking hope not. No, get rid of it. Wait. Yeah. Which means that because <laughs> <laughs> going back, like talk about fall back or whatever, that's mm-hmm. standard time. Oh. Someone will probably tell us if we're wrong, but oh. I do believe that like when you quote unquote fall back, that's standard time. So currently we're in daylight saving time. Mm. So you get rid oh. of that. We'd be in oh. the standard time forever. Oh, I thought I it like just it. meant we just had one time year round. I mean, that'd be cool too. Yeah. But like this time. <laughs> this time. Yeah. The fall longer back. days. Fall back. Sounds like something you tell someone when they need to. Fall back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what is it? Fall back, spring forward? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that could be like motivational too. So we got to spring forward. It's like the new lean in. Spring forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell it to you. Next time you bring up your seasonal affect, you got to spring forward, buddy. <laughs> it's the new, you'll be fine. <laughs> I might smack you. <laughs> you just got to spring forward, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. Are you reading your tea right now? I don't know how to do that. It just looks cool. What is it? Maybe say what it shows and then someone will tell us. What? No, that's like a lot of description. It's what does it ginger. Look like? It, like ginger slivers. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> How are you feeling besides bootylicious? I guess I'm not really feeling bootylicious. It's just because it's Beyonce's birthday. I yeah. wish I was feeling bootylicious. I I'm wish like, I had a booty to be licious with. Yes. <laughs> I might do squats. Uh, I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to think of it, though. Yeah. Yeah. How was your um, LDW? Oh my god, is that a thing? I don't like it. I don't like it either. But I like it MDW. It's fine. I don't think I like either. Okay. I can't stand all these acronyms. There's enough in the work that we do. Yeah. It was chill. We went to my husband's friend's house. We stayed there a night for his birthday. We went to a comedy show. I was sick the whole freaking time. So, <sighs> you know. Did you get? Did people think you were a heckler or call you out for being sick? Was it that kind of comedy show? What? No. no. Oh. <laughs> Do people do that? Yeah. You've never been on a show where they call you out? For being sick? And for anything. No? No. They did it once when my fiance and I. My fiance. Uh-huh. <laughs> and went with my sister and her then boyfriend. Um, Went to a comedy show. And you know who it was? It's. Okay, obviously now I can't think. Leslie Jones uh-huh. from Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. It was her. She was at the comedy store. Okay. And she was just going in saying how she like wanted him and that my sister wouldn't know, wouldn't, doesn't know how to like. Oh, she just things. like picked him out of the audience. Yeah. Were you guys up front? They were right in front. We were uh, right behind them. And I was so afraid I was going to get like called out and called on because I was like, my self-esteem can't handle it. Same. I don't have <laughs> same. We were up front, but to the um, like left of the stage, so not directly center in front. So he was kind of like talking to the people in front, not not like making fun of them or anything. I mean, yeah. not until one person got obnoxious, but what they say, they that person just kept trying to insert herself into the oh. show, and it's like, shut up, Marsha. Oh. It was literally her name. Oh my god, it would be. <laughs> I won't say where it was. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Exactly. 
Typical. Mm. Uh oh. Typical. Just spill tea all over the front of my Connie just shirt. over spilling the tea. Oh, literally. I wish. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. My no, yeah, no. Yeah. My self esteem can't handle that either. No. I don't think. Mm-mm. I'd probably cry. I do think that's pretty cool though, aside from like, you know, boo him. My sister's ex, but um, <laughs> it's pretty cool that you know like people go to comic shows like oh i remember when i saw steve martin oh yeah or whatever mm-hmm. i could say that about leslie, yeah, leslie jones. jones yeah let's dog <laughs> yeah totally. that's pretty cool yeah she's hilarious anyways how about me well thanks for asking <laughs> <laughs> go on still recovering <laughs> <laughs> don't be mad <laughs> she called me out she's like you're the nice one i saw that yeah did you see the picture I posted? but then on facebook memories Oh, it just so happened. Yes. We're talking about your sister. Yeah. So we're, it just so happened that the time that she was mean to both of us uh-huh. together uh-huh. popped up on Facebook memories. Yep. And she saw it first. I was like, Dang. this is exactly what we're talking we're, about. We were waiting at Astro Burger. Like, do we have to go to the bathroom? Or I think we had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah, did. yeah. <laughs> but so having um, caught up. What do you want to talk about? Okay, so this 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 is where it's coming from. Okay. I went to the National Sexual Assault Conference <laughs> uh-huh. in Anaheim, mm-hmm. walking distance from Disneyland and California Adventure. Mm-hmm. Went twice, drove twice. <laughs> we drove both times. Oh, because it's not like it's not. close. No. no, yeah. But you can see Guardians of the Galaxy, which by the way, I went on. I saw on our friend's story. Oh, yeah, she posted I was that. like, how? How did that even happen? I have friends. I have a very childlike stomach, much like my palate. It's all connected. On brand, right? The palate, the stomach. <laughs> the palate, the stomach. So I get super notched on rides, can't go on roller coasters. So she talked me into it, and I thought, well, why not? It's been a while since I've been on a ride that I didn't know what was going to happen. Because you never went on Tower of Terror? I went on Tower of Terror. Okay. But it, she said it was different. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And so I was excited, and so I went on it. And it was mostly fun because I didn't know when the drops were coming and all of that. So I was like, ah. And she liked, um, she was laughing at me. But then the bouncy parts, I was like, oh, my God, stop. (laughs) So, so rude. And, but I overall liked it. But I was nauseous after. You liked it? I I liked the feeling of, like, having a new ride. Mm. I don't think I would go on it again. Because I was super nauseous after. Mm. I went on it once, and I think I'm good. Same. It's not my favorite. No. My picture looks ridiculous, too. I never take cute ride pictures. No. Like, even though I know where the camera is, when it's coming. I really thought this one was going to be cute. It was <laughs> This is the one. Because we have, we both have annual passes right now, you and I. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband and I go regularly. I still can't take a cute picture to save my life. Yeah. I always look scared or. So, yeah. So, we were there at the National Sexual Assault Conference. Mm-hmm. And, um. It was pretty cool. Mainly, we were there um, talking about our national campaign that we do, Denim Day. And so that uh, just made me think about how many times, like being a part of Denim Day, like I've shared my story. 
and what that's been like. But also, when I was there, I got to meet Tarana Burr. So cool. So cool. I totally forgot, like I was so caught up in preparing, but I forgot she was going to be there. Yeah. And I even missed her workshop. Oh, but you it, did? I did. That sucks. It was full. Mm. Um, and I was like, woman in the table. So, um, but... I, what do they call it? The plenary? The beginning thing before we go to the workshops. Mm-hmm. She spoke there. Mm-hmm. It was a really good beginning. And uh, she was just awesome. She was talking about how she was just feeling like this was like a different experience. Like being at NSAC, mm-hmm. talking about hashtag me too, me too, the movement because she's around people who are like her in yeah. the field advocates. Yeah. And it wasn't like the same thing. Like she's done so many events and she says the same thing and they ask her the same questions and all of that. So it was cool to see because she's on such like a, like a high, what would you say? The high scale? What is it? Like high, she's on higher ground. Like high profile? High profile uh now. But when she's with us, like she's just, she's super chill. She was hilarious. Mm -hmm. She, I think she has OEF. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah. Because they had her on monitors and she kept giving us the like good face um but she was just funny and she was super cool and um kind of just made me like gave give me gave me a good reminder of why i you know got into this work yeah like also validation like acknowledging like we're not in it for the money right which when you're struggling it's hard to remember yeah but yeah, so it was really awesome to see her, and then we saw her walking down the halls, and she was nice enough to take a picture with us. So cool. Yeah. And you posted that on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. At Bird Soda. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll share it. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Super nice. It was, yeah. So nice to meet someone who's, like, had such a big impact, and yeah. who actually started the movement, the Me Ten Too. years ago. Yeah. And now it's just sort of getting more acknowledgement yeah. because of celebrities, and I guess bigger names who have talked about it and shared it but to um meet and hear from the person who's actually behind it that's awesome it's so normal and humble and like down to earth yeah yeah cool but it made me um just think about how when I started sharing my story I kind of wanted to uh, have some kind of like impact with it where Mm -hmm. it's like at least if I it will never be worth the experience of being sexually assaulted you know but like to have something positive come out of it. Right. And I feel like that's what she's done. And yeah. the positive is that she's really validated experiences of survivors. So many other people. So, uh, black survivors, women of color, and just all survivors in general. Like, all-inclusive. Yeah, it's so important to be... Uh, to have that inc- inclusivity mm-hmm. and have it be intersectional. Yeah. Um, so that... We are seeing the representation and everyone feel, just feeling supported in general by the yeah. movement. Yeah, because by sharing our stories, like if we're in a place where we can, like we can normalize someone's experience, especially within, you know, different cultures and how the right. experience is so different. Yes. That, you know, a, someone who's a survivor that is white does not have the same experience as someone who is black. Mm-hmm. Right. And how it's just ingrained in cultures and not yes. that... You know, it's not bad for each person. It's just different. It can be a different experience. Yeah. Just like our own experiences were different because mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. Um, if I recall, you started sharing fairly early on, like in your healing. Yeah. Pretty soon after um, uh, everything happened. Yeah. For Well, for me, I told certain people there was probably 
one person specifically I didn't really feel supported by, but really mostly everyone I told um, was supportive. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because well, my family is supportive, but also many of them were there that night. Mm-hmm. And so it happened in May. And the first time I shared my story like in a small group was in November because we were going to the pre- preliminary hearing at mm-hmm. that time. And I was in the class that was open to like uh, talking about these issues. And uh, we did um, like research projects about uh, women's issues. Mm-hmm. I was called, no, it was called Woman in the Body. And so I focused, we looked at issues that impact women. Yeah. And so I did um, acquaintance rate. Which was kind of my way of survival of looking into. So anyway, I shared my story at the end of it. Yeah, so just like six months after. Six months after. And that was small, Mm -hmm. which I never really thought of. Mm -hmm. But that got me connected to the Women's Center, Mm -hmm. which then I started working or whatever. And then April at Mm -hmm. Take Back the Night. So almost a year. Then I shared it with like a bunch of people. Most of them I didn't know because I didn't know anybody at school. Yeah. (laughs) And, but because I had so many friends stop talking to me because they chose to believe that side or believe that I was making it up or I should have told them or whatever BS. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't getting support from people. Which is the sort of what tends to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I wasn't getting support from people closest to me. So when I shared my story on that bigger scale with strangers, I thought, wow, like I'm getting more support from people that don't even know me. So that's why I was so open to sharing my story publicly with people. And I guess taking the risk of not knowing how people will respond. Mm-hmm. Because if someone responds negatively, I just know they don't know. Yeah. They're ignorant Yeah, to the issues. But majority is support. <clears throat> but what do you think, um, sort of, uh, what was the drive to share it, like, at a Take Back the Night thing, which is, like, a, you know, a pretty big event Yeah, on campus? Well, I think when I was sharing it in small groups and I was seeing people come up to me and talk to me and tell me that they had experiences like that too and that I because I had gone through the legal process and I had you know reported in a different city because I had gone back to school so I had two different uh, rape crisis centers following up with me Mm -hmm. so I had like support coming from every angle and so I went to therapy with a rape crisis center in San Diego on campus and I was connected as a really great support, like even from a professor who really encouraged me to share my story and get connected to the Women's Center. So do you feel it's because you felt like comfortable and supported by those different... Yeah. That it was like, I don't, I don't really think I can think of a negative response that I got. Or if I did, if I did, like from that, from, you know, sharing my story at yeah. school. So... I guess it just empowered me to share my story mm-hmm. because I realized based on one research and that my case was moving along, that a detective was investigating it, that a district attorney was taking it on and filing um, the case and filing charges and it was going to trial at some point. So I knew based on my research how rare that is. Yeah. So I guess I kind of felt like it wasn't like you have to do this, mm-hmm. but just knowing that and knowing, you know, what my experience was, like I needed to do it and you, I needed to do it for myself too. Yeah. You felt it was important mm-hmm. for your own healing and for other people to hear it. Yeah. And especially after I sh- shared it on the large scale, like I had a lot of staff coming up to me. And then since then, I've just shared my story in many different ways and I'm 
mm-hmm. big and small stages. Yeah. And I continue to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think mine's been like public speaking. I feel like that's the main way I've shared my story. But like with you sharing your stories and your different experiences that you're comfortable sharing, like you've been able to channel them in different ways. Right, yeah. And reach people. Well, similarly, we've done it. Yeah. On larger platforms mm-hmm. and in, like I, I'm sure you've done it too, but I've done it where like a news report or, mm. you know, press conferences, yeah. take back the night, things like that. Um, smaller groups as well. <clears throat> but I was saying our experiences are different. Um, because I didn't share my story till like Mm. years down the line because I never really was open about it till years down the line. Yeah. Like for me, my assault happened and it was my senior in high school and then I moved away and, um, kind of wanted to just put it behind me and forget it. Mm. Um, I only disclosed to a couple of people and I didn't get the support that I had hoped for or wanted. So I think that sort of um helped me push it aside and push it away and minimize it Uh at the time because that's what was done to me so i didn't share with anyone just for years it was probably until like i I had moved away to san diego as well Mm -hmm. um different time different school (laughs) uh but when i moved back home so to speak and went to a different school and actually funny enough learned about denim day Mm. is when it sort of started clicking together then um volunteering at a rape crisis center from there like doing your own healing volunteering at a rape crisis center but that's really where it sort of started for me is when I was taking training which we've talked about yeah um to volunteer and eventually work at a rape crisis center um is when I first uh experienced someone openly sharing a story of survivorship yeah and I remember thinking like oh my god like it was sort of like a light bulb that went on for me it was like like a light bulb I guess something turned on where I was like it's okay to talk about these things you know and not in a um I don't know if abstract is the right word but not in a like factual statistical way you know you can give statistics about sexual assaults and stuff like that but like putting a face to Mm. a person and to a story seeing someone face to face and that person Mm. telling you um you know this big impactful you know, traumatizing, awful thing that happened to them or was done to them. So that's when really something clicked for me when I was like, oh, wow, like people do this. Yeah. And uh, from there, it was kind of just the first time I did it, I was kind of just thrown into it <laughs> by uh, a coworker. She was she needed uh, one last survivor speaker for an event. And she was like, you're a survivor. You're comfortable doing this, right? And I don't know that I really was, but I said I was, I think. I feel like I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of thrown into doing it. Not in, like, a bad way, but it just kind of, like, it just kind of happened. It wasn't planned or whatever. Yeah. And thinking back, I was like, oh, my God, I, that was awful. Like, I didn't do a very good job doing that. But it was my first, first experience, whatever, and it was at um, LA Trade Tech College. Mm. I shared for a group of women, very few men. Um, and from there, it just sort of developed from there. That was probably close to 10 years ago now. So that was mm-hmm. the first time I shared my story. 
um, publicly aside from like a one-on-one. Because up to that point, I wasn't even really telling people on a one-on-one basis. Mm. Um, Not the way I am now. Not as comfortable, as open as I am now. Yeah. Because, and I think uh, for me, it was just like how impactful it was for me to hear someone else. And the story I heard was of domestic violence. It wasn't Mm. even sexual assault. So it wasn't even my own personal experience. But it was just so impactful to me to see that. And um, so similarly, like, I thought it was important to share that with other people. If I was comfortable and I had gone through my own healing and felt comfortable sharing it, then I think that's important to be able to say that to other people, to have, like, you know, like we were talking about representation a little bit, um, to have other girls who look like me, who may have had similar experiences, who may have not had that support that they uh Mm seek to hear that from other people yeah um just to hear of different experiences and so you know we've done it on like sort of larger scale bigger stages and then smaller as well and now for me that also connects with um you know my blog that I had started and haven't really picked up but um when I first had miscarriage um that was my way of healing I guess and coping because when I actually when I first had a miscarriage which is two years ago I like went online to see what all information I can find and research about uh, miscarriages and I found this account um, and it's at I had a miscarriage on mm-hmm. Instagram and that was and it's ran by a um, psychiatrist or psychologist I think she's a psychologist but on there she shares a lot of personal stories so I actually had my own personal story shared on there Mm. um she's a psychologist her name is Jessica Zucker um it's at I had a miscarriage um and that was really helpful to me just hearing other people reading of other people's experiences of something I'd just gone through that similar to sexual assault like once I started talking about it, mm. like so many people come out and say, like I went through this as well, and I felt alone, and I didn't have anyone to talk to, mm. and things like that. Um, but prior, you know, and people, even people that I've known for a mm. long time, but prior to that, um, people didn't feel comfortable enough sharing that. Yeah, um, it's sort of that connection that I think is uh, important. So mm. now I think both of us are pretty open about it. Yeah. Um, about our sexual assault experiences. Yeah. Um, and you know, with my miscarriage, um, I share about that on my Instagram. Um, I was writing a lot about it on sourthensweet.com when I was doing that. And I actually just last week was working with um, the I Had a Miscarriage campaign um, and someone else uh, for a campaign that's going to launch in October because it's still something that I think is really important to talk about, particularly in like sometimes Latin communities. Mm. It's not stuff that we talk about. We like to sort of sweep things under the rug and move on and try to forget about them but that's just not the reality of healing um so I just yeah Yeah. I just think it's important to talk about so um worked on something for that campaign that will be coming out in October during pregnancy and infant loss awareness month so so awesome yeah it's cool it's pretty exciting yeah different and scary and (laughs) it's gonna be scary when it comes out but We'll see. Yeah, I, I think it was important. So I think a lot of people will get, you know, validation from your experience, feel less alone. Yeah. And hopefully just see, like, how brave you must be to be able to, the way that you share it, yeah. you, know, what, you know, what will come out. And then also just the fact that you're talking about it. Because mm-hmm. it's difficult to talk about. Definitely. And then it's just not 
I guess something that's normal to talk about, but it seems like it's starting to. And it's so common. Like, yeah. um, it's one in four pregnancies and in miscarriage. And, you know, you wouldn't know that unless yeah. like it happens to you or yeah. someone actually shares with you that it happened. So yeah. it's important to talk about that stuff, but like how you were sharing, um, earlier, like you started because, um, you wanted to provide that space and information for other people, but like with the miscarriage stuff, since it's still so fresh for me and mm. um, it's still something I'm still working through and right. uh, working through the grief of all that. Um, like it is part of my own healing as well is sharing, mm. sharing my experiences and feelings um, and sort of keeping the memory alive. Yeah. Um, so, so it works in that way for me as well. Yeah. Along yeah. of course with, you know, you want to make sure you're, taken care of and mm. healing in other ways and seeking whatever resources and help that you need to uh you need to get in order to heal from mm. whatever you may be going through but if and when you are able to share of a personal experience um and you feel comfortable and in a safe space to do it then i think it's important too yeah yeah it makes a <clears throat> a big difference when you know for so many people when you can hear someone else's story then it gives you that bit of courage too Totally, yeah. Share your own story. Yeah, for sure. I know that that's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I saw, too, when I was, like, doing research. I saw, like, people were sharing their stories. Mm -hmm. People were talking about it. Mm -hmm. I saw one video specifically on YouTube. I can't remember now what the campaign was. But when this person shared their story, like, it literally sounded like mine. Um, When it came to sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... And I used it in my campaign. But for me, like knowing that I got a bunch of support and I had mm-hmm. a lot of different outlets and therapy yeah. and the Women's Center and all of that, that I knew that not everyone has that support. So I wanted at least someone to feel validated by my story. Like right. I was feeling it because it's not, I can't imagine going through it and not having that support. Yeah. Like that just makes an experience that much harder. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you know, thankfully you can get it at some point later on, but... That's why it's so important for people just to believe someone. Yes. When it, you know, when they open up and say what happened to them. Yeah, when they disclose any yeah. sort of sexual abuse or assault. Or anything. Yeah. Anything someone's like opening up to you about. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're telling you and it's something that's so emotional, like, just listen and just be supportive. Like, you can't fix it, which Empathy. I know is hard. Empathy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I know it's hard for people because you just want to fix it. You just want to make the person feel better. Yeah. But there are some things, most things. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you feel like has, when you've shared your story, like it sounds like it's brought you healing and it's probably hard too. When you like retell your story, you know, both experiences that you mm-hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. But like what, what has helped when you've shared your story, like that someone told you or someone did? Um, I, I, I'm just thinking about, um, miscarriage cause that's the most recent, mm-hmm. um, the most helpful thing people can say. And I feel like even like my own friends have asked me mm. and said like, I don't know what to say, blah, blah, blah. And then, and what I've said when, um, people have told me, I don't know what to say. I'm like, you can say, I don't know what to say. Mm. Like, that's okay. That's perfectly fine for you to say to me, you know, like, um, I'm so sorry you went through this. I yeah. really just don't know what to say to you, what to do for you, but I'm here for you. Like yeah. that is so much more helpful than someone trying to quote unquote fix it right. for me. Um, because you know, like you said, there's no fixing. Like I had a miscarriage, like my baby's gone. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing you can say is going to bring that back. Yeah. Um, so nothing's going to make it better, yeah. you know, other than just being there, listening and um, offering your support. Yeah. Love and checking in. Like, I think that's important, too. Yeah. yeah. I remember when you first told me and... I mean, I think I said, like, the things, like, supportive friend things that I could think to say, but knew that I hadn't had this experience with a friend before. Mm-hmm. So I researched, like, <laughs> yeah. things not to say. Yeah. That's cute. I think that yeah. helped. Yeah. Because there's that's... a lot of things you think you could say. Oh, I'm, like, I'm tearing up. Okay. <laughs> I'm really tearing up. But, no, I think that's, um, <laughs> you look like you panicked because I'm tearing up. <laughs> no, because that's nice. Like, you know, that shows, like you cared enough to like do a Google search like Mm. and and that's not hard to do but how many people are really going to do that you know like Mm. okay I don't know what to say but let me see what's at least in the internet (laughs) like what is out there in the world that other people have said or done or how can I offer support in which way you know and that shows like you're just taking a tiny little extra step to show that you care Mm -hmm. yeah but luckily that's there because somebody has shared their experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I do it because, you know, just like the way I was raised is, uh, I don't know if it's culturally or generationally or what it is. I think some of it is culturally, but it's just, you just don't talk about certain things, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't maybe in the moment that it happened and then you like forget about it or you're supposed to forget about it. Mm-hmm. And there's things I think you just carry with you and, um, you don't, forget and that's not necessarily bad or it doesn't mean that you haven't healed from it or moved on but particularly like something like grief Mm. um which this is my first big experience with grief like I've lost pets (laughs) that's sort of my big you know I've been fortunate like that's been my first big experience with grief yes Mm -hmm. we're spitting for good luck to get rid of bad luck so it doesn't not gonna yeah <laughs> yeah that's my first big experience so having that i'm i didn't know how to deal with it i didn't know that it's forever like mm. you can be perfectly fine and then it just sneaks up on you you know so it's forever so to the expectation that you just quote unquote forget is Mm-mm. sort of ridiculous yeah. to me yeah i think it's especially identifying it as grief yeah and loss yeah what you've experienced mm-hmm. And, um, and even in like, and I think probably in some stories of sexual assault, Mm -hmm. it's, it, that may fall under there too. Yeah. But like with any trauma or, you know, tough experience, you Mm -hmm. just kind of learn how to get through each day. Right. But it doesn't go away. Right. No. So you can't just expect someone like get over it. Right. People, you know, kids who witness, you know, the parents going through divorce or death of a parent at an early age, like that stays with you. Right. Life experiences that just, like, stay with you. Ugh. Yeah. Not fair. This got heavy. <laughs> no, not that, but so, I mean, everybody has experienced something. Everyone has stuff. Stuff. Yeah, everyone has stuff, and it's just... And the more you talk about it, yeah. don't deny it. It's how much you work through this stuff, mm-hmm. and how much you're going to talk about it. And not that, not everyone can, and not everyone's yeah. able to, and that's okay, too. True. Um, but that's why I think it's important for people who are able to and who have healed and feel like they're able to talk about those things without re-triggering themselves because that's really important too to make sure you're taken care of Mm. um that's why i think it's important to share those things and that's why i like 
I'm just going to forever be the big mouth who just shares all my business <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> on the interwebs. Yeah. I know. But that's, you know, going back to the internet, that's why it's, that's parts of it. You know, some of it's scary and sad and stay away from the comment sections. But, uh. but that's parts of it that are really cool and great is when you can build community and um, learn and if it weren't for the internet and social media, like I would have never found the mm. um, campaign and wouldn't have found so many like people who've gone through similar experiences. There's communities and accounts and everything for every kind of experience out there. So yeah. whoever's going through something, like do some research and find your support group, your people, and find the healing that you need. If you want to share your story... You find a way to do it, whether it's social media, mm-hmm. blog, therapist. Mm-hmm. But tell your story to somebody. Yeah. A notebook. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. Yeah. Journaling. Yes. It's important. Yeah. Yes. We're here for y'all. We got y'all. We got y'all. This <laughs> <Just> my hand. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Oh, my God. Insecure is so good. I love it. <laughs> so... Yeah, so. Yeah, that got a little heavy. Yeah, now that I made you cry. <laughs> it was just like a Typical baby. Typical Britney. Such a <laughs> Making everyone but herself cry. <laughs> it was just like a baby thug tear. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's lighten it up a bit. So over the weekend or yesterday or Us. whenever. What are days? Uh-huh. Is this Chismosa Corner? <laughs> it is. Chismosa Corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Whenever that was, I I think maybe that was yesterday. I was like doing a gardening day, like a garden now. Oh, <laughs> cute face. <laughs> yeah, but no, like truly, I find it so relaxing and soothing. Like it really is a form of self care for me. Mm. I was thinking when I was younger, I would never have pictured myself enjoying gardening and like taking care of plants mm-hmm. as something I would do. And my mom's always had like a crazy green thumb and been really good at gardening or whatever. So that made me think of, is there anything that you do now mm. that you would have never pictured doing when you were younger? Huh. I eat more vegetables. <laughs> but even that's a stretch. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> okay. When I was younger, I only ate carrots, but they had to be raw. Broccoli, that had to be steamed. Cucumbers. That had to be lemon and salt or ranch <laughs> and celery and peanut butter. And now I still eat all those things. Uh-huh. <laughs> but at tahin to the cucumbers, <laughs> Brussels sprouts, baked, no, broiled, fried. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, broccolini. Is this your answer? <laughs> I can't think of anything. I saw it when you posted it and I was like, I have no idea. I'm trying to stifle my cough. <laughs> I hate it. I hated folding clothes when I was a child. Still hate it. Uh-huh. I guess I washed... No. I enjoyed washing plates. I don't like putting stuff away. I can just think of things I still don't like to do. Okay. You enjoy washing plates? Yeah. Just plates specifically? I don't like washing forks, spoons, and knives. But I enjoy washing <laughs> plates and cups. <laughs> Utensils I'm not into. Why? I, it's just like they're so small. Hmm. And it's like, one by one. Your giant One hands. by one. My mad hands. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think anything I could think of would really be a thing. Like, I've been enjoying decorating my house. Ha- painting? Are you <laughs> asking me? 
<laughs> Does that count? I don't know. What do I... I don't know. I think I'm still the same person I was when I was 12. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, that worked out beautifully. So you go. <laughs> so sometimes we can be a little awkward. Mm-hmm. We? I? Mostly. I feel like... But mostly. Okay. But there, you have awkward moments. So what is like your I thing consistently that... fall, yes. Ah, tell us more. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. I fall a lot. And I'm just clumsy, I guess, and bump into things. I feel like I'm thinking of a lot of things in our friendship. Um, Where I fall. <laughs> well, yeah, that reminds me of the LA Times Food and Wine Festival. Before we had even walked in and had any food and wine. <laughs> Yeah. And you fell. There was was a freaking hole. And the guy didn't tell (laughs) us about the hole that was covered with a carpet until I freaking fell into the hole. Yeah. I I feel like that is not my fault. But you still fall, so it's hard to say. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. The other one is too sad. It's not sad. What? I was thinking when we did the three weeks in January thing, we went to the press conference. Did I fall? No. I, oh. I was saying, like, I was thinking of things in our friendship. Oh, okay. And then there were signs that said, I'm one or I know one. Uh-huh. And then you were like, let's take a picture. And then you had a sign that said, I'm one, she's one or something. I was like, she's a survivor too. <laughs> you didn't know? No, we hadn't talked about it. I felt like you maybe had, like, like skimmed over, but I hadn't, hadn't heard your story yet. Oh. We hadn't done voices yet. That's so funny. I didn't know that you didn't know at the point. No. And I was like, wow. She's telling So we did this. <laughs> she's, she's disclosing right now. <laughs> so we, three weeks in January was this project that we were a part of. Art. And it was an yeah. art installment. Mm-hmm. And it was all about, it was three weeks of. It was like three weeks in May, like in the 80s or something. And then they brought it back and did three weeks in January. Yeah. There was a map of LA. And it was all the reported sexual assaults in those three weeks. Which was a partnership with the rape crisis centers, all the rape crisis centers in the area. So we were part of this thing. Yeah, we're at the press conference. We have a picture. Yeah. But it also made me think like, oh man, there's so many people doing this work that have that. I think that was my first real glimpse into how many survivors Mm. are doing the work Mm -hmm. and like aren't talking about it. Because I'm like, I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. (laughs) Hey guys, my name is Brittany. I'm a survivor. (laughs) But what was your question? (laughs) Oh, wasn't the question. It was the awkwardness because you brought up the falling. Oh, yeah. So what was your question about? My question to me is what, what is your awkwardness? And then you said falling. Oh, is that awkward? Is just, I'm just clumsy. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're more awkward than you're sharing. Tell me. I mean, I don't know, but we've talked about this. You're like, oh, I'm so awkward. Like you've said that. Mm. <laughs> like what I just did. <laughs> so I myself am an awkward person mm-hmm. on many levels, <laughs> personally and professionally. Yeah. Do you feel that you share this awkwardness? Um, not on that level. Interesting. <laughs> not on the level you're on, I don't think. Any level? Have you experienced any level of awkwardness? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess. Sure. I don't, I don't know why. Are we just asking each other questions for ourselves? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> your adult question I have no answer for. Um, my awkward question. <laughs> it's our own answer. <laughs> yeah. We just want to talk about ourselves. We should reverse question. I don't know. How am I awkward? I don't know. I just feel like we both said that we're awkward. Yeah. Oh, hugs. Hugs. Uh, 
How when people you. ask you. <laughs> no, but it's not like, I don't know. Fine. That's a weird thing, I guess. Yeah. It's awkward. It's not weird. I'm saying awkward. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> Jersey Shore. <laughs> what? Polly D. And Jersey Shore goes, awkward. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> when people like hug you and they like you come in hot or they come in hot. <laughs> come in hot. <laughs> I think it's just like side. excessive. Like I don't mind saying like a quick goodbye hello hug with like people like I just hugged someone this weekend. It was fine. <laughs> you did? Yeah. I, I'll hug randos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't like excessively hug. I don't know. I can't explain the hug thing, okay? But it's awkward. It's, I guess. Like, sure. It is. <laughs> And I'm just awkward. This is awkward. (laughs) What? I'm awkward in voicemails. Oh my God. Oh yeah. You heard one today. I left you one today. Yeah. I have no idea. I tried to hear one today, but I don't know what you said. (laughs) I basically said. Also, never leave me a voicemail again. Well, I just wanted to pretend that I was talking to you. (laughs) Uh Because I've, I've been like avoiding people because I'm worried they don't remember me. But then now I think they do remember me and now it's just weird and so I was walking near someone and I was pretending I was on the phone so I had to talk and leave you a voicemail that's awkward yeah yeah why don't you just say hi to this person awkward thanks for listening follow us on all socials at 2bs pod that's t-w-o-b-s pod tell your friends and your friends friends more importantly tell your followers and your haters bye, bye. Before we fully sign off, we know that we have talked about a topic that may be triggering to some. If you or someone you love has experienced sexual or domestic violence, there is support available. There are resources both over the phone and online. For domestic violence, the national hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233, or online at thehotline.org. For sexual violence, the national hotline is 1-800-656-HOPE. 1-800-656-4673 or online at rain.org, R-A-I-N-N.org.